You're listening to the Volleyball by Design podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the left side position, and I'm going to give you a step-by-step guide, strategy, coaching, blueprint, whatever you want to call it, to training the left side position. Uh, And we're going to train the left side position tactically. So this isn't going to be an episode on the fundamentals, like the skills of the left side. Like I'm not going to, we're not going to go through how to pass and how how to hit because I've done episodes on that. We're going to talk about tactically how you can turn that left side position into a force. So this is an episode you don't want to miss. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Coach Brian Singh, and after a number of years coaching competitive volleyball and as the head coach of the biggest college in Canada, I've become obsessed with helping coaches improve their knowledge and skills of the game by teaching them how to coach efficiently and effectively to ultimately reach their volleyball goals. I created the Volleyball by Design podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies so you can get clarity and apply what you learn right away. This is... The Volleyball by Design Podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 180 of the Volleyball by Design Podcast. How is everyone doing out there today? Another week of volleyball in the books. Hope you guys are doing well. My name is Coach Brian Singh for all my new listeners and for my regular listeners, as always. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode where the goal, just like every episode, is to deliver valuable step-by-step strategy so that you can get results right away and I'm hoping to do that today and just like it says in the title this is going to be a a coach's guide to training the left side attacker tactically not technically but tactically and I'm hoping that I can deliver that to you today Uh, and if you are listening to this um, you know the last week of November uh, we have I have a a Black Friday if you want to call it Black Friday I did this last year too so I had a lot of coaches reach out and said hey you have any Black Friday deals for DVA? And, um, you know, the thing about uh, DVA is, uh, you know, I, I have so much respect and I value our coaches and the coaches who've been paying to be a member for so many years that I don't I can't just give away DVA for free or at a discounted price because it, it wouldn't be fair to the members who've been in DVA for a long time paying the, the, the already discounted price that it is. So what I decided to do, and I did this last year, was I want to give a 14-day... Uh, free trial offer, if you will. So if you if you join DVA and you cancel within the four the first fourteen days, then obviously there's no charge to you. So I'm allowing anyone who wants to join uh, for fourteen days free. You you could absolutely join um, now. If you're on the, if you're listening to this episode on Monday, then you still have enough time. If you're if you're listening to this episode a little bit later, uh, you know what? Do me a favor. Since you're a podcast listener, I treat you guys a little bit more special. Like you're not just a regular follower on social media. You actually are a podcast listener, which means you listen to me for at least thirty minutes a week. So reach out to me. Okay, you can hit me up on Instagram at Brian Singh underscore Coach B, or just go to digitalvolleyballacademy.com. The link's in the show notes. Okay, so the link is in the show notes, digitalvolleyballacademy.com. Reach out to me and say you're interested in the Black Friday deal. And as long as it's within the last week of November, I have no problem honoring it to any of my podcast listeners. Um, But you have to do it relatively soon. Like don't, you can't reach out to me in January of 2024 saying, hey, I love the Black Friday offer. I'd say, sorry, it's it's expired. So it's got to be uh, you know, within the last week of November or even like, you know, the first week of December, I don't mind doing it that either. 
Okay, so that's the Black Friday deal. So you get 14 days free of Digital Volleyball Academy. And if you don't know what Digital Volleyball Academy is, uh, it's my it's my mentorship program that I you know I mentor over 250 coaches all around the world. Uh, I, I bring you guys into my world and I show you my system that I've developed into teaching you how to build championship programs from the ground up. So whether you're a beginner coach or an experienced coach, you can find yourself anywhere in our system, like we have a system in place, and you, you'll you know exactly where you need to go next to get the training to take your coaching to the next level. So if you're a new coach who just needs, who's just learning how to how to coach, we have specific training for you, and then when you've graduated from that training, you move on to the next training, and if you're a more experienced coach that want to just add things to your toolbox, we have entire uh, levels of training for you as well inside DVA. And then you get the, the one-on-one support for me too along the way, so if you need to have any questions, you know, you reach out to me and I, and I kind of help you. So yeah, yeah, that's DVA. You can find out more information at digitalvolleyballacademy.com. So let's get on to today's training. Now, today's training is um, it, it was it's a long one because uh, and I'm, I won't make it too long on the pod because I don't want to keep you guys here for like you know more than 30, 40 minutes. But this one, like you know, I've done episodes in the past of training the setter and and training the middle, um, and I did an episode on training the left side attacker. I've, I've done in the past, I did it back in 2021. So if you're on Spotify, you could actually look up um, all my episodes. On the left. It's just, they're just two episodes. One is called Let's Talk About the Left Side Position. I did that back in April of 2021. And then a few weeks later, I interviewed uh, the Canadian national left side, Stephen Marr, who I should probably bring back on the podcast because it's been a few years. And we talked about, uh, this was on April 26, 2021. We talked about the left side position and you know his thoughts on it. So go take a look and listen to those ones as well. And this is just, I'm just diving a bit more in, in depth than what I previously did in the past. And we can kind of go from there. Okay, so let's talk about the left side position. The first thing that I want to talk about is the fact that how do you pick your left side? And you may have heard me talk about this on the podcast before, but what I like to do is we want to rank our players from like the start. Okay, so if you when you or you're picking your team for the first time or you know, you're trying to figure out who who to put your to to be your left side attacker, you you start with categories. And the categories that you care about for a left side are passing and attacking. Okay? And you list all your players, like who are your best passers? And then you list who are your best attackers in order, from the best passer to the to the worst passer to the best attacker to the worst attacker. And the combination of your top best passer and best attacker, they're normally the ones that are going to be your left side attackers, normally. So whoever your best passer and best attacker is, that's that tends to be your, your left side. So let's let's start with that, okay? Um, and it's also, you know, the best passer who is not the best attacker, they're normally your libs. And then the best attackers who are not the best passers are normally your opposites. You know, that's kind of how we break it down. And this is a, a general general formula. There's obviously things, other things that coaches might want to take into consideration, but I'm just providing you with a general uh, kind of, that's, that's, the, that's the easy way of, of doing it. Okay. All right. Let's, um, let's talk about some key features of the left side position. So the left side position is the only position in our game that needs to execute all six skills in our game. So there are six main skills in volleyball, and the left side position has to be able to be good at all six of them. Well, you know, they have to be able to execute all six of them. And these six skills are serving, passing, or serve reception, 
attacking, setting, blocking, and digging, right? Digging, aka the backcourt defense. So those six skills your left side has to be good at. Now, when I look at left sides, like especially when we're trying to recruit to play in college and you know when we're looking at pro left sides as well, a good left side, a good left side will be your best passer and attacker, okay? A great left side will be your best passer, attacker, and server. So in order to play at the higher level, you can't just be good at passing and attacking. Let's, let's just start, start there. So I want, I want you to really think about that for a second. Like when you have left sides, yes, they have to be your best passers and attackers. But in order to be their high, high level left sides, like relative to the league, if you're trying to go pro or college, they, they need to have at least two out of the, at least two more out of the six skills. I like to say, if you can have four out of the six skills, you could potentially play pro. And I mean, when I say four, I mean, you're really good at four out of the six skills. So not only do they have to be your best passer and attacker, but they also have to be a great server. And then to get to that next level, not only do you want them to be your best attacker, server, and passer, but you want them to be able to block or dig. They, they have to have, you know, those two, those two, the block and the dig have to be there. Okay. Now, now I didn't, now setting again, setting is important. They have to be able to handle the ball with their hands. But the reason I didn't put that as my top is because if they can hand pass, then chances are their, their ball control with their hands are, are, are good. So I, I left it out, but obviously all six are really important for your left side to be able to execute. So let's talk about passing. Now, I'm now again, this episode is not about the technical elements of passing. Okay. I actually have an, an episode based on the technical stuff of passing, which you can listen to. So yes, they have to be able to execute the fundamentals. They have to be able to have, you know, elevated shoulders, a really good platform. They have to be able to read, you know, all those things are important. But one thing that I want to separate from passing is left sides need to be able to pass and stay balanced enough to make an approach. Because what happens is at the higher level, or at any level for that matter, if you're playing a team that is that is a very tactical team, what they might try to do is serve your left side tough in the hopes that your left side now has to pass a difficult ball and therefore they'll be taken out of the hitting approach. They're not going to be one of the four hitters that are jamming the hitting lanes. So now they only have to worry about three hitters instead of four. And if the, if the pass was bad, now they pretty much only have to worry about one hitter. So tactically, and it's a great strategy if it works, if you serve, let's say you know that the other team has a really good left side and that left side is responsible for a, a lot of the other team's points. Well, you may choose to serve them tough to take them out of the attack option. And now you just you just reduce their offensive efficiency because now they have to go to someone else that could score. You know, we had a we had, we played a game last, just this past weekend where the, that was one of the strategies for the other team. They were they they tried to serve my highest converting attacker, which is one of my left sides, and they served him. And we we picked that up in the first ten points, and we made an adjustment, and our adjustment was able to help him out a little bit, and he was still able to have a pretty good game. It's crazy, our libero is statistically one of the best liberos in the league. He was an OCW, he was a he was an a league all-star last year. Our libero in this match passed a total of 9 balls. 
That's how much they were keeping the ball away from the libero and just feeding it to our left side. Our libero came every time he'd come off the court. He was like, I, I'm so bored out there. I need to do something. In the first set, he didn't pass a single ball. Isn't that crazy? But we, we made adjustments, and then he, he did he did end up passing a bit more. And we 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 were um, fortunate enough to win in three that he didn't need to pass a heavy load because our left sides did a great job. But it's a strategy, okay? So having your left side stay balanced enough, have confidence enough to pass, and then know, know and be confident enough to do the footwork to be able to get out and still be a hitting option because you want them to be a hitting option. And a part of this is making sure that your left sides are comfortable both passing with their platform and passing with their hands. Because if they're not comfortable passing with their hands and it's a nice high float serve and they're, they're trying to really move their feet back and create a high platform, then they, that might take them out to be able to make an approach. But if they're able to hand pass, they can hand pass and then come in and make a full approach. So being comfortable with passing with their hands and platform can really pay dividends on making sure that they're still an attacking option. Okay. So let's get into the attacking. Let's talk about that for a bit. Well, we, I mean, the, the big thing I think for left side attacking is making sure that they know how to hit when there's a blocking presence. So recognizing a couple things, okay, let's, if it's a sealed block, do they understand what their options are? If there is not a sealed block and the middle blocker is late, do they see that and can they hit that seam? Or what if it's a complete one-on-one? And the, the, the blocker is either taking away line or cross or maybe blocking the attacker straight up. Do they have the ability to make shots? Can they hit line? Can they hit cross? Can they hit sharp cross? So these are the type of things that you want to make sure your attackers have the ability to do. And by the way, it takes practice. Like learning how to use your peripherals to see the block and understanding even at our level, you know, I have second and third year players, well, second year players. I have second year players who are still learning and getting more comfortable when there's a block there, which leads me to my next point, hitting down versus hitting up and over or hitting through. So when we have a sealed block, okay, when we have a sealed block, the worst thing you can do is hit down. And Normally, attackers, right, younger attackers, inexperienced attackers, you see this all the time, they hit down into the block and they get blocked. Because if you're contacting the ball and the ball has a downward trajectory into the block and it's a sealed block, the only path the ball has is going to go down and probably on your side of the court. So your hitters have to be comfortable hitting off the blocker's hands. Aiming for the zone, the fingertips, that's what we call the zone, the fingertips, that's the green zone, I like to call it the green zone, the fingertips to be able to go off hands, or they have to be able to hit through the ball and in an upward trajectory, so when it hits the hands, it goes out, it goes off, it goes somewhere, and we say hitting high hands, that's, that's the terminology, we want to say hit high hands. And my, my, one of my assistant coaches uh, says it perfectly. When you hit high hands, good things happen. And it's true. When you hit high hands, good things happen. Now, if you're a younger coach listening to this, you know, you don't really necessarily might have to worry about really big sealed blocks and things like that. So 
What I would encourage you to train your attackers to do is hit up and over and aim for the deep corners, like aim for high line. High line is in the corner in position one. Aim for high cross. High cross is in the corner of position five and six. You know, like we want to train our attacks to aim for those areas so that whether a block is there or not, just the mere fact of aiming for the high corners, that trains your attackers not to hit down. Because you can't hit down and hit those corners. You have to hit up and over or through to hit those corners. Okay, so that's a really, that's a really great cue I like to use. Yeah, I, even, I, even, I was telling my opposite the other day too. He, he's, he's been working really hard on trying to get used to hitting around a block and through a block and not swinging down. And one of the things I, I said was just hit high and over. Hit aim for the corner, up and over in the corner. And, and let's try that perspective and see how that works for you. Okay, Your attacking toolbox or toolkit, whatever you want to call it, you know, improving your attacking toolbox, I think, is really important for attackers in general. Whether it doesn't matter whether you're left side, opposite, you want to make sure you're improving your attacking toolbox. And there are a variety of things you can do. Okay, I have about seven here. Six. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I have seven things you can do here. Pushing off the block, aka swiping really important your your attackers have the have, are able to do that understanding that when you have a sealed block or there is space between the pin blocker and the antenna to push off the blocker's hands and out it's called a block out so we want to push so we want our hand fully extended pushing off the blocker's hands and out of the court just being able to do that is really important and understanding that it's okay like remember when your hand touches the ball and the blocker's hand touches the ball, that's simultaneous contact. So there, a lift, a lift is not an option. That, the ref cannot call that because simultaneous contact, anything goes. So our attackers have to be comfortable enough to see that, go after, push off the blocker's hands and out. And it's not, and we're not trying to tip out. We're trying to push off the blocker's hands and out. Uh, another thing you can add to your toolkit is tipping or super tipping. And I should probably add like tipping with a purpose or super tipping with a purpose. These are things that you want to make sure that they can do. Rolling, rolling over the block, okay? Cutting the ball, you know, cutting the ball to one or cutting the ball to five, having the opportunity to do that. Um, it's kind of like hitting line or cross, like same, thing, same thing. Recycling, understanding when the ball is set maybe a little tight, maybe you don't have a full approach or you can't get around the block. You hit the ball off the block at about 50 to 60% and the ball is going to come back on your side and then you can you have a second chance opportunity to run an offense. Now we're not swinging, you know, we're not swinging into the into the forearm of the blockers, we're swinging on the blockers palms, the high hands, and we're swinging at a 40 to 50% because if you swing heavy and it hits the palm in their hand, it's going to go straight down to your side. But if you swing lighter, right? Remember the blockers aren't controlling how hard the ball comes down. The blockers, it's like a wall. They're just putting up a wall, and the velocity of the ball is dependent on you. If The harder you hit the ball, the harder the ball is going to come down on your side. So if you hit the ball at a slower pace, then it's going to come back on your side a lot slower, and then you can play the ball up. But it does take practice, and you have to train your players to do that. And, and, and you know, a coach once told me, the players, after you recycle... After you hit the ball with 50-60%, the number one person who has the best idea of where that ball is going is the person who hit it, which is your attacker. So after they attack the ball, they should be right on the ground getting ready to pop it back out. 
and run out, be able to run an offense again. Okay. Another thing your attackers should be able to do is contact the ball with their left hand. So sometimes the setter may push the ball a little too far out. And you may see your left side attacker reaching with their right hand and it's really straining their shoulder and back. Well, your attackers have to be comfortable with recognizing that the ball is being pushed a little too far and then switching in contact with their left hand, one, reducing the risk of injury, and two, just making a, a much more, uh, how do I, how do I want to say that? A better, a, better, a better play on the ball, not, not really overextending to commit an error. It's not contact with your left hand. Uh, and the other thing is roundhouse swing. You know, it's really it's really hard for me to describe uh, on the podcast, but uh, you got to look it up. A roundhouse swing is when they literally do like a windmill with their hand, and that's that's another alternative to the left hand is just roundhouse swinging it um, to catch the defense off guard. Uh, really, really, again, it's something that you got to see. It's hard for me to describe on a podcast, um, but Ingepeth uh, on on uh, France, the men's national team, France, he's he's known for doing this. So you can take a look at that. Uh, to continue with attacking, we want to talk about approaches so your attackers may not always get to make a full approach so yes you want them to practice a full approach but sometimes that may not happen they may have to do a half approach or an adjusted approach you know maybe they just came down from a block and they got they got stuck or the ball um was passed really fast dug really fast to the setter and they have to swing sometimes they, they might not even they might even get a full approach they may have to just do a, a step close or a one two like a two-step approach and then swing Sometimes it might just be like jumping right off where they landed from and swinging. Whatever the case is, they got to be comfortable doing it because not you know our game is so random and there's chaos that happens all the time and our attackers have to be comfortable. You know the one of the things we trade in our gym is you never want to give a free ball unless it's your absolute last resort. Like a free ball is the worst because 9 out of 10 times they should be able to score on a free ball. So if we can create some kind of attack on a free ball, then that is where we want to do. We want to create an attack on a free ball. So if it's above the tape and it's a hittable ball, we want to hit it. Or let me rephrase that. We want to attack it. That could be hitting the ball. That could be pushing off the block. That could be tipping. It could be rolling the ball. You know, it could be a lot of different things, but it's not a free ball. It's an attack, which hopefully will put them out of system or maybe even give you a free ball back that you can run and execute out of. Okay, so these are all the things um, in terms of left side attacking that you want to train your attackers to do and to add to their toolkit. Uh, the next thing I'll go, I'll go over quickly on the next one, but basically, they also have to be able to hit a bunch of different type of balls. Now, this is completely dependent on each coach. Each coach will have different type of balls that they may they may be running. Like it, it all depends on your offense. So. Are you running a high ball offense? Are you running a tempo offense? You know, understand that they, they got to be able to do one of the two. Um, you may have some kind of special combo attacks that you may want to have your left sides run. And again, this is something that coaches, you, it's a decision you have to make. I mean, you can look some of these up like tandems, X's, but these are some combo plays that you might want to have fun with and play around with, right? Maybe you want to run a faster ball to the pin uh, so that they can, you know, catch the defense off guard. You also have your backcourt offense that you want to factor in. You know, do they have the ability to run that pipe ball? Can they run multiple different types of pipe, like the BIC, the overload pipe, the push pipe? Uh, my friends in the U.S., you guys call that a flare. The back pipe, you know, going behind the setter, running backcourt. So there are a lot of different backcourt options as well. But making sure that your left side attacker can hit a variety of different balls is important. 
Not to mention that not everything is going to be in system, right? You're going to get a lot of out of system balls um, in and high level balls, even in low in any type of situation. What am I saying? Lower level, high level, it doesn't matter. Do your left sides have the ability to swing on out of system attacks? Now, just a heads up for out of system attacks. The the best that I found, and the, the, the latest research shows at least, is the best location for an out of system ball is to be inside and about a meter off the net. So a meter off the net to a meter inside the net, and and inside you don't want it outside the net you want it inside the net and you want it and some coaches i hear them saying they want it right on top of the tape um, because the attackers always have the advantage and they should have the advantage to be able to go on top of the tape and get it and you know make a swing out of it so i i, I personally uh tread very carefully with the on top of the tape i like it just outside the tape not far i don't want it far off the tape okay so like old school volleyball you wanted it far off the tape i don't want it far off the tape i want it relatively close to the tape because the attackers always have the advantage all right um and make sure with add a system since you're setting it inside your attackers are not going to be coming from really far outside the court they're going to be coming from pretty close to the line if anything not far outside okay uh, let's 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 transition to blocking. We spent a lot of time talking about attacking there, which I which I get. You know, passing and attacking are the the biggest part of a left side's job. But the left side also has to block as well, and you want to make sure that you know they're they're blocking. So let's talk about who who are the left sides responsible for. Well, they're responsible for the setters, and they're responsible for the opposites. Okay, those are the two things that they're responsible for. So let's talk about the setter first. A really really simple strategy you can use when it comes to the setter is fronting the setter now fronting the setter just means that the left side blocker is going to be in front of the setter no matter where the setter goes so the setter gets pushed back they follow the setter to make sure they're in front of the setter in the event the setter dumps because if the setter dumps you want to be there and when you're fronting the setter you're also committing to the setter so you're jumping with the setter so when the setter jumps you jump that's in theory fronting the setter so if the setter jumps, you jump, and that way you prevent any kind of dumps. Now, there is one thing, one caveat here that you have to be aware of. If you do do this strategy, you're going to leave the C-ball with a one-on-nothing because there will be no blocker for the C-ball if the setter is jumping and setting the C-ball. So that is a decision you have to make. Now, at lower level, I don't think this will be an issue. In high school, I don't think this will be an issue. In college... Some teams, maybe this might be an issue for. Some teams, it might not be. It all depends on if there's a great C-ball option. Now, in the women's game, I heard a coach, and I heard multiple coaches at the high level say, C-balls are not an option in the women's game. That's why in the women's game, they run a lot of steps and slides and things like that because that is more effective than a C-ball. So in that case, you're not really worried about a C-ball and your setter slash middle um, blocking changes a bit because you have to coordinate when a when a when a step comes. We both setter both setter or sorry both left side blocker and middle transition accordingly on any kind of step around. So you know things like that factor into to the left side blocking. But the setter is a responsibility for the left side blocker. Now obviously the opposite is a responsibility as well. And when it comes to understanding blocking the opposite, you really just the, the best thing I can the best thing I can tell you to do is you got to know your matchups. So as a left side blocker, you have to know 
the the tendency or know what type of shots that opposite likes to hit. Now, if you've never played this team before, you are going to be learning that in the first 10 points. And after that, you should see some tendencies and you have to adjust and make sure that you're blocking accordingly. So this is something you want to train your left side blockers to look for. Now, if we have film on the team ahead of time, then this is something you're already going to know. Do you take cross? Do you take line? Or do you just play them straight up and take out their hitting shoulder? You know, what tendencies do they have? You know, things like that. Does the setter dump? If the setter does dump, then you definitely are going to be jumping with the setter all the time. Okay? Now, maybe, what, if, what about this? What if the setter doesn't dump? Then maybe the middle can kind of cheat over a little bit and the left side blocker can help with the middle attack. So these are decisions that you can make from a defensive standpoint. If the setter doesn't dump, then maybe the left side blocker can help with the middle, right? If there's no C-ball option, the setter doesn't dump, then the left side can really, really help with the middle easily. And that way you could really load up on the middle and left side, okay? One thing I want you to think about too is, you know, are, is the other team's attackers, are they swinging tape height? Now, the reason that this is important is because if they're swinging tape height, I find you don't have to do all this blocking footwork because if they're swinging tape height, you just have to jump. And once your hand gets above the net, that's a good enough block. You know, the window of hitting is a lot smaller if they're hitting tape height. Now, if they're hitting the ball well above the tape, then their window of hitting is different and then the footwork absolutely makes sense. But if you're playing against a team that doesn't hit it, high and only hits a tape height, like right above the tape, then even if you just shuffled or even if you just stayed in front of your attacker, lined up with your attacker and jumped straight up and made sure you did a proper seal, that would be a great block. You wouldn't need to do all the swing blocking footwork and all this extra stuff. All right, so something to think about. But when you are blocking though, remember as a left side blocker, you are establishing the block. So what that means is wherever you set up your block, that's where the middle is going to come and close to. So you have to make sure that you're setting up the block right. So if the attacker is attacking on the inside, like they're coming on an inside route, you have to set up the block on an inside. Because if you set up the block nowhere where the attacker is, then the middle is going to have nothing to close to, and that attacker is going to score. You know. Also, if the, if the attacker is hitting the ball really, really far outside the antenna, then you might want to set up your block a little more inside because they're not going to hit line. So you got to set it up a little bit inside so that way you can close out any kind of hitting lane that they could swing on. Okay, so again, something to think about, but it's important that left sides are aware of this. All right, um, moving on, left side transition. Just, you know, make sure left sides have to transition. So make sure they, they know how to, you know, from, from coming down from a block to attack, free ball to attack, you know, uh, at the higher level. We have to worry about coming down from a triple block and then still being able to be a hitting option. Uh, for a left side because it's a far distance for the left side to go. So, And triple blocking doesn't really happen until like 16, 17 U because the reason we don't triple block at the younger age group is because, let's be, let's be honest, they don't have the foot speed to be able to get out and, and make an approach on the left side. So, you know, something to think about. Um, left side defense, you know, one of the things that comes to mind with left side defense is, you know, after the serve, where are, you, where are they going? You know, are they going to six? Are they going to five? This depends on the coach. Make sure you're training their ball control out of, out, of, out of that whatever position that you're having them out of. You know, does your left side know how to play defense? Do they know how to play defense through seams? Can they recognize the seam, step into the seam, and then play defense out of that? 
Do they know how to play defense when there is no seam and there's a sealed block? Right? Do they know how to play the hands? Do they know how to read the attackers? How about covering attackers? Do they know how to cover their front court attackers? Because yes, left sides have to cover. You know, if we're approaching and a left side's running a pipe and it goes to a, and, and then the set goes to left side, well, guess what? They're right there to cover the left side ball. So they could be there and do they know how to cover? So these are the things you know you, you might want to think about. Um, left side setting, left side, like I mentioned, they have to do all six skills, so they have to be able to set. Because sometimes teams don't have the libero as a secondary setter. Sometimes they have the, the left side come in because pipe isn't really going to be an option. So the left side comes in and pushes either a right side ball or a left side ball. Okay, And this is when the left side is backcourt, by the way. Just, I'm just speaking backcourt. Um, what about their serve? You know, we talked about this. Left, like left sides need to have a great serve. Can they do multiple serves? Can they float, spin? Can they do a hybrid? Or what's their best serve? Maybe they just have a really good serve, and let's just go to that. Can they serve to different targets? Can they serve to different zones? You know, you want to make sure you train left sides to be great servers. They have to be. All the best left sides in the world are great servers. Okay. And then the last thing I want to talk about is just just in terms of thinking about the game. Um, you know, more high-level stuff. Does your left sides know where the weak zones are? You know, like do they know where? Do they know that they do they know tendencies on certain rotations? Have they watched? And this is this is we're talking about high level stuff now. Okay, so if you're a younger coach, younger player, you know this may not be a they're not be really thinking about this level too much. But at the same time, they have to learn who their opponent is. Have you found any gaps? Do they have tendencies on certain rotations? Do do you know who um, the opponents are going to go to, right? What, remember the 2020 rule we talked about in the past? The 2020 rule is, is basically when it's 2020 or a late game, where, do, where does the setter like to go, okay? How about do they know who the slow blockers are? So that way they can attack those slow blockers. Do they know, or what about some gaps in backcourt? Maybe there's some weak defenders backcourt, Okay. What about the weak passers? Remember we talked about, can they serve to certain zones? Well, do they know who the weak passers are so they can serve to the weak passers? You know, the one thing about our sport is every rotation is different. It's almost like, you know, in basketball, in basketball, it's five on five. When you go up and down the floor every single time, it's the same five players, same five players. But in volleyball, every rotation is potentially different. You might have different matchups and multiple different rotations. So, being aware of that and knowing where you can exploit certain matchups, you know, that's where left sides become really, really good. Left sides are really good when they can do everything we've mentioned. Okay, every execute the skills, the fundamentals, have a big tool toolkit of options, knowing how to play defense, block, all that stuff. But when they start thinking about the game at a higher level and knowing, you know, what type of shots to do, when to do them, knowing what players to go after, knowing how to exploit mismatches, like all of these things. Um, these are the things that left sides can really have such an impact on the game. And I think that, you know, that's, that's, that's really important. Okay. So let's do a, let's do, I mean, we've been going on for a while here, but let's do a quick recap. Cause I talked about a lot of different things. And by the way, if you're a DVA member, this is the, this is the training that I did last night, except we went, I mean, believe it or not, we went into way more depth than I did today on today's podcast. Like I tried to provide you my, my podcast listeners with a pretty in-depth um, guide to left side attacking, but in my live training inside DVA, 
I have videos that I show you guys. Um, I draw it on my iPad about certain things to look at. Um, I, I have charts that I show you on hitting zones and things like that. So we go, we go a lot more deeper so you can see it visually. Um, so if you're interested in DVA, again, this is, this is, this is just one live training of many live trainings that I have. I have live trainings on all the positions in our games as well as like systems and processes and defensives and offensives and, and how to look at film. And I, I mean, there's so much I, I, I can't even tell you. But anyways, yeah, so DVA members, you can log into your student dashboard and take a look at this. Um, but just to quickly recap, we talked about how to select your left side attacker. So understanding that, you know, the best passer and attacker combo, as well as understanding that your left side has to be able to do multiple things, not just serve and pass at a high level, but they also have to be great servers and then be really good in one of the other four categories or three categories in terms of skills. We talked about passing, and yes, the fundamentals are important, but they also have to be balanced enough so that they can make a full approach. And we talked about the fact that some teams are going to strategize and try to take your best attacker out. So your best attacker has to be able to stay on the stay, you know, with their good stance to pass the ball, not have to pass the ball on the ground and you know struggle to get out. Uh, and they have to be able to be comfortable passing with their hands and their platform. Um, we also talked about attacking, you know understanding how to hit with a block, if there's a seam in the block, or if there's a sealed block, or if there's a one-on-one, -on -one, do they have the ability to recognize that and then either hit line, hit cross, hit sharp cross, or hitting high hands, right? We talked about the difference between hitting down versus hitting up and over or hitting through. Remember, the, the, tra the trajectory of the ball, if it's a downward trajectory into a block, it's probably going to be on your side of the floor. But if it's an upward trajectory of, on the block, it's going to be there's great things are going to happen for you. You're going to either score or take them out of system or they're going to you're going to force them to play defense. And we talked about improving your toolkit, so pushing off the block, tipping or super tipping, rolling, cutting the ball, recycling, giving yourself a chance, a second chance opportunity, contacting the ball with your left hand to prevent injuries, and then the roundhouse swing which you'll have to look up. We talked about having a full approach. Sometimes you don't always have to have a full approach. Sometimes you only get a, a half approach or, or just two steps or maybe even no steps and you have to still make a play on the ball. Remember, we talked about the fact that, you know, a free ball should be your last resort. Your absolute last resort should be a free ball. If, you, if the ball is above the tape, you have to make an attack on it. Now, that doesn't mean a really powerful swing. It can mean that, but it also can mean a roll, a tip, a push. It can mean a, a, an intentional play. Like, you know, if you were ever, and this is kind of like thinking about the game now, if you were ever thinking about where to put the ball, okay, take out the setter, right? Simple, simple thing. Take out the setter on free ball opportunity um, or just as, as an intelligent play. If you're going to tip somewhere, tip to one, okay? Uh, so things like that. Just be, be mindful of stuff like that. Uh, we also talked about hitting, you know, high balls versus tempo. So this depends on the type of offense your team is running, obviously. Are you, are you um, running a high ball offense or a tempo offense? Do they have the ability to run any kind of combo attacks like tandems or Xs? Maybe faster balls to the pins. Um, also having the ability to swing back court. So having your pipe option, your big option, overloading it, pushing it, back pipe, uh, things like that. You know, increasing your vertical jump. Did I talk about that? I hope I did. But increasing your vertical jump is also an important part of your left side because 
if you increase your spike touch, then you open your hitting window quite a bit because now you have a lot more room to operate out of. Um, also, uh, we talk about blocking. So responsible um, for the setters and the opposites. So fronting the setter means committing to the setter. Wherever the setter goes, you go. That way you prevent any setter dumps. And then you're, all, you're obviously responsible for the opposites. You know, Do you take away line, cross? Maybe you take the hitting shoulder straight up. So what tendencies do your opposite have? That's really important. So you see that, you know that. Uh, are they swinging tape height? If they're swinging tape height, then you don't have to jump as high. You just got to, don't worry about all that fancy footwork. Get to that hitter and jump straight up, okay? And then the last thing with blocking was making sure that you establish the block appropriately because remember, the middle blocker is closing to you. So you have to establish properly or the middle blocker has no nothing to close to. Left side transition, make sure you're working on the footwork to come down from a block, go into an attack. All right, making sure you have footwork at a transition, at a free ball transition. And then at the higher level, we're talking about coming down from a triple block to make an approach. So that's, that's a lot. Uh, we talked about defense. So again, this is a coaching decision. Are they playing defense out of five? Are they playing defense out of six? Um, training ball control, um, understanding seams. So do they know how to play into the seam when the, when the block is closed? Do they know how to play back? Things like that. And then covering attackers, making sure they know how to cover your attackers. Uh, reading opposing attackers is really important as well. Okay, like in this call, that all comes with experience, but those are those are high level things. Okay, setting left sides have to be able to set as well. It's you know it's part of the game. I feel like everyone everyone on the team needs to know how to set. It's it's just the game is volleyball. They should all know how to volley. They should all know how to set the ball. Um, serving, yeah, we always talk about serving. Can they serve? They have to be able to serve tough. Can they serve to zones? Can they serve to targets? Okay, we got to train our left sides to be able to serve efficiently. Okay. And then the last thing we talked about was just thinking about the game. Does your left sides have um, the ability to see tendencies? Does your left sides have the ability to know weaknesses in certain rotations? You know, weaknesses of the opponents, the tendencies of the hitters. What about the twenty twenty rule? Where does the setter like to go in late game? Does your left sides have the ability to know that to be able to stop that? Can they see um, slow blockers? Do they see who the weak blockers are? Can they use that to their advantage and exploit weak blockers? What about backcourt defense? Maybe they realize that the, the player in position six is slow to get to certain balls that they can exploit. You know? you know, Every rotation may be different. And your setter, knowing the setter might be important. Okay, And then, yeah, just thinking about the game, like we've talked about earlier, knowing where to place the ball, free ball situation. A rule of thumb is always good to free ball to one, always free ball to one, tip to one. That's just a general rule of thumb that you could follow. Okay? Um, I hope today, today was a bit of a longer one, you know, and, and you know what, I could have, I, I could have gone more into depth, but I don't want to overload you with information. So this is an episode that you definitely could have taken, or should have taken a lot of notes. Um, you may want to listen to this again and, and I, I went a little fast and you may want to come back and take some more notes and start thinking about these things when it comes to training your left side attacker. And again, if you are interested in the Black Friday deal, um, reach out to me. Uh, you'd have to reach out to me. Either go to digitalvolleyballacademy.com and reach out to me there uh, or um, hit me up on Instagram. Uh, I'll be monitoring my Instagram over the, over, the, over the course of the week and I'll definitely be able to get you guys in uh, for that Black Friday offer. 14 days free uh, free trial. It's a free trial, 14-day free trial for you if you're interested in uh, looking at what DVA is, can do for you. All right? All right, well, that's it for me. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And I'll see you guys next week on another episode of the Volleyball by Design Podcast. Take care. All right, cue the music. 
Look, are you at the stage you want to be in your volleyball journey? How would it feel to get clarity on your training and instead of taking months to get better, you could improve in weeks, if not days? When I was a young coach and player, I felt this way all the time. The truth is, after I got some great advice on how to be efficient, my learning curve grew exponentially. Let me show you how to be more efficient and effective in this game. I invite you to check out CoachBTraining.com for more resources that you can use to take your game to the next level. I look forward to helping you reach your volleyball goals.